2: gentlemen boys and girls it has been a hot one in philadelphia the last couple of days even the last week or so weather is hot nba free agency is hot trade rumors are hot it's all blazing right now and of course on the out of sight podcast on the liberty ballers podcast network your co-host Deal royster myself and dave early we are going to update everybody so far as to what's going on in Sixers land as it pertains to players on the move players who could be on the move players who if you called Daryl Morey and said hey can we get this guy Daryl hangs up the phone so Dave first of all how you doing how how you handling the heat up there in, in New York
3: I'm trying to get into a swimming pool where I can it's been hot here too
2: can we just can I just live in a swimming pool or like yeah. a, a restaurant freezer for like the next couple of days yeah like that would be okay. nice uh so let's start with harden okay the last we heard James wanted to be traded that was the thing that we had been hearing the most rumors about that was the road this was going to take and we were both kind of there in agreement where if Harden wants out, okay, let's just see the most we get for him. For that regard, one of the destinations James Harden wanted was the Los Angeles Clippers. The only as far as we know, right? As far as we know, right. And now Zach Lowe, uh, care of Jackson Frank, he posted and he reported that the Clippers are reluctant to offer quote unquote, real stuff to the Sixers for James Harden. My first question is this, if you're Daryl Morey or Sixers fan, like what constitutes real stuff, quote unquote, what like draft picks? Like, I don't know. You get an all-star caliber player for Harden and you don't really have any interest in Kawhi Leonard slash Paul George, right?
3: I don't think either of them would be on the table. So right off the bat, you're not getting one of them because the whole benefit to them is we want to keep these big two together. We want to keep them happy, but we got to try something. So the big gets for the Sixers would be the two first round picks that they possess. I think it's the 2028 and the 2030. They're able to trade those. Most of their others are tied out because of their acquiring Paul George from the Thunder. The, the other guy you'd really love to get is Terrence Mann, who's six five. I think he's 215. He's a wing. Uh, He defends, he guards, does a little of everything. He fills up the box score. He can hit three sometimes. Um, So he would be a really nice get. And if you did get a couple extra picks, you'd now have several that you could offer to Portland if you also had your eye on Dame and you wanted a top potential Miami offer, but we get into that later. Um, So I think when they say real stuff, and Zach actually did say, um, from what I've heard, they've been reluctant to offer man- picks maybe even Powell um, which makes you think okay so then this whole idea of Harden going to the Clippers was just a just kind of a joke anyway it's not even putting any of that stuff on the table
2: that was a trade that was rumored maybe last week I want to say it was Terrence Mann, Normal Powell, uh, Robert Covington which great homecoming for me I can pull the Covington jersey out of the closet again and a future first round pick when I saw the details of that, even I had to stop and say, um, it feels like a little bit too much for Harden where he is in his career right now. Do you
3: kind of agree with that? I
2: kind of thought it was too much.
3: Uh, I, yeah, I thought you're not going to get two picks and man. Uh, if you got two picks, I would guess that man wasn't coming back and you had to settle for. The Morris, uh, Covington Batum expiring special, and then uh, maybe there's a way that Powell is in that deal instead of one of or guy like Morris. Um, but I thought maybe the haggling would come down to you get one pick and not man or man and two picks and without you know, but the idea that they're they don't want to trade man at all and they don't want to include picks it just makes the whole thing feel like there's not really a deal to materialize at this point or unless they're just playing total hardball because they're the only team who's interested in Harden and Harden wants to be traded and that could change
2: and this is what's so crazy about this timeline right now is it's almost every day we're hearing something different on July 2nd Paul Hudrick reported that it's, quote, unquote, more than conceivable that James Harden stays with the Sixers after the, all that. Then Brian Toporek yesterday says that he's also reporting that the Sixers, quote, unquote, would still love to keep James Harden in 23-24. And then even
3: you yesterday. Yeah, I think I think those are both woge bombs for us, like on from his NBA Today appearances.
2: Right. And then you commented yesterday and we all saw the Instagram photos that uh, James Harden was spotted talking to Josh Harris and bead roll through at Ruben's annual white party. So now I'm just like, what's what's going on? Like, is Harden coming back? If so, like, what's going to be the structure? How taxing is it going to be on the salary cap? are we going to be able to piece things together so that we're not completely running it back because we did lose some things in free agency. And I have a question about that later, but are we in the space now where it's a higher probability that Harden's coming back now?
3: I I don't know. I mean, I'm not ready to, to give a whole probability on it. I guess I'm, that means I'm close to 50, 50 on it at this point. Right. If I don't know, Um, I get the sense I mean, Very political, I get, David. <laughs> I don't I don't get the sense, but I wonder was Harden opting in Maury's ideal outcome here? And is it possible that when we hear from like Sam Amick from the Athletic Report that he kind of went radio silent on James and their long standing marriage is ending in bitter divorce now? Is it possible that he was willing to kind of alienate James in order to do? Increase the chances that this played out exactly this way. And I, I don't think he likes the trade element of it, but I think he liked having James under a team-friendly contract. Cause from a standpoint of the Sixers, that's pretty ideal to get James on this like 36, 37 million dollar deal for one more year. Yes. Where you could talk yourself into maybe I know a lot of fans aren't excited to run it back, but you could talk yourself into being competitive if they did. You wouldn't have no chance. If you ran it back, you were a pretty good team. Um, And then you'd have these two massive expiring Max contracts coming off the books for next summer. You would have a small window if you did also put off Tyrese Max's extension to be players in free agency. And I don't know who they'd be thinking of. I think in that piece by Teporek you mentioned, uh, OG Ananobi is a guy that some people have wondered, could he hit free agency? Will he sign an extension? Will he be traded? Um, but, you know, if they are thinking about, can we compete this year and also be flexible as a free agency destination next summer, maybe that's our best path to trying to win it and also trying to keep Joel happy for a three-year three, three year window here.
2: I saw Brian's uh, float of OG Ananobi as a free agent target next offseason. And I get a lot of Tobias Harris vibes from OG in the sense, in the sense that you're going to have to pay him the max, but I'm not sure if he lives up to the max. Does that make sense? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. I, I think he's, he's a better player. So if you could get him and you did have to overpay a little, you did have to max him to do it. You'd still have to be thrilled with that outcome. Um,
2: yeah being, now being that I think about go, it
3: being able to go to a war with a trio of an ascending maxi and bead and og it would be pretty pretty exciting given where they are today uh what would make that less exciting is if there was an actual super team in the conference with the miami heat because yeah. Dame and bam are just unbeatable at that point um but yeah you know if, if that's something that you if that's why they are prioritizing not taking back long-term salary that's why they would be put off by taking a norm powell that's why they would be put off by trading tobias for like one player who's on a two million dollar deal you know just pulling a name out of my hat like a tim hardaway junior type uh along with someone else on an expiring that takes that stuff out of the equation for you because now you'd be looking to offload salary to open up a max to pursue a guy like that. Um, but because Harden opted in, even though that now the relationship is supposedly bad, maybe on the men, he was hugging his teammates. Maybe his beef is with Daryl and not so much the players. Uh, I think Ramona, the way she put it was, there was some fence mending at this party. I'm not sure. Which if is
2: interesting when with- you consider how close Daryl and James are.
3: Yeah, and Daryl wasn't at the party as far as we know. So who was mending fences? Was that him and Joel and Tobias and Maxie that we saw? Because I don't know that there was any any real beef there. Maybe a little bit of tension between Joel and James with all that ball movement talk that has come out since. But my guess was Josh Harris was more of the fence mender here saying, hey, look, you know, we really just – couldn't afford to be penalized for tampering again. So yeah. we really it wasn't going dark on you so much as we were just playing by the rules this time. And Harden was like, bro, are you really the only team who wasn't gonna tamper? <laughs> like literally. <laughs> so don't BS me. If you didn't want to pay me, just say it. You know, something along those lines. Right. Just
2: just be just be real with it. You know what I mean? If you're yeah. not gonna pay me, then just Let me figure out what the heck I can do, be it uh, opt-in and you can just trade me right then and there, sign and trade, something.
3: Exactly. And I think he felt like, look, if you're not going to, if you are going to lowball me, then I'm going to, then I don't want to be here because let's be honest. There is a chance that he was under the impression if he asked out of Brooklyn, he would get a max in Philadelphia summer of 2022, right? And it's possible yeah. after his second hamstring injury and that flame out that he t- he went to them and it just wasn't there, which is why maybe he got a two year a one plus one. Maybe he got a two plus one and didn't like any of it. So maybe he took that two plus one and then thought to himself, well, if I also take a paid cut, they'll take care of me down the road. And so maybe yes. he thought that, too. I mean, that's pretty much what Sam Amick said. There, he expected that quid pro quo. And so when that didn't come, you could imagine that his uh, you know, steam might have been blowing at that point out of his ears. Like, really, you guys did me like that again? <laughs> um, so I know fans who are frustrated with two back to back playoff flameouts don't care. And they think more stuck to his guns. But you could also put yourself in James's shoes and see some frustration there, too.
2: OK, let's pivot to another player who has been in the news a lot lately, and that is Dame Lillard slash Tyrese Maxey. You posted on July 3rd that Windhorse was reporting that if the Sixers offered Maxey, Dame Lillard would be in Philly right now, but they're not. First of all, my question is this. Does Windhorse theory hold any weight like is it Tyrese Maxi that could really be holding this up is he that coveted by teams like Portland who are trying to trade Dame Lillard or Chicago trying to trade uh Zach Levine or you know any of those other names being floated out there like is Tyrese's value that high
3: I think Windhorse is right that Tyrese's value is that high I think that Win Horse might not be right when you factor in the the question: Does Joe Cronin want to do right by Dame and get him somewhere he wants to be? For example, let's say you could get three first round picks out of the Utah Jazz for Tyrese Maxey. You have one of your own, and you give those three along with Tobias Harris's expiring contract because. Maxie isn't the perfect fit, right? They've got now Sharp. They've got Scoot. They've got Simons. There's not a big need for for Maxie, which we learned from talk of Tyler Hero. They're not really into having a fourth shooting guard on that team. Right. But if you did shop him to a team that might have interest, and there's a lot of teams that would love to get Tyrese Maxie, and, you know, he doesn't make a lot of salary. So he's easy to acquire, as long as you're willing to part with the draft assets. And if the Sixers are offering four first-round picks, I mean that's two more than the Miami Heat could offer. And Portland could say, we didn't send him to his number one choice, but they were probably in his top five. I mean, Chris Haynes has named Philadelphia as a destination he'd be open to at one point in time if they had the package. So if you had to guess, would they be like fourth on his list? Uh, would they be third? Would they be fifth? I think that's possible. And then, yeah, I think trading Maxine and getting those, that package in a three- or four-way deal, get it done, especially if you could get one or two assets from the Clippers in a James Harden deal.
2: This is what I worry about if the Sixers are not Dame's like top target destination. He has a, I believe, a player option in the 2024-2025 season. So basically, if you're making that trade for Lillard, you have one year to convince him to stick no, around. No, it's,
3: it's longer than I, th- I think he's under contract for three years before his option. It's okay, summer of 2026, right. 20- and that's a $63 million option. So I'm kind of penciling him in to take that because he'll be 33 soon. So 34, See, a... 35, 36, 37. At 37 years old, are you turning down $63 million?
2: See, that's that's where I messed up because I didn't scroll all the way down on spot track. That's what (laughs) happened. Sorry about that. But yeah, I see it. He is under... But my point is, if you make that trade, I feel like you just roll the dice with that and just be like, listen, we traded for you. We couldn't get you to Miami. Sorry, but you're under contract with us.
3: Yeah, I don't think... I don't think Daryl would have any issue with it. I think he would trade maxi to a team with picks if portland didn't want maxi i think he would tell portland look if you just have maxi you can shop him too or you could shop one of your other young guys but just take maxi uh and i think they would consider that but the other way to do it would be to reroute him to another team get a few picks bundle tobias or harden say you pick take your pick um They'll probably pick Tobias because he's probably a better mentor for those young guys they might think. Less
2: And he's inclined. and he's not
3: another guard. He's just probably less inclined to be very upset by the deal happening. <laughs> yeah. And um And we just
2: roll into the season with Embiid and and Dame.
3: Embiid, Dame, uh whatever you're getting back. If you're trading out Tobias and James, that means you're getting some role players back. So if that was from the Clippers. Suddenly, you have a lot more incentive to, to look closely at a guy like Batum Covington. Um, obviously, man, if you can get him, be the top of their rotation player prizes, and to a lesser extent, maybe Marcus Morris.
2: Because the Sixers did lose quite a few pieces in NBA free agency since it started on July yes. 1st, yes. Uh, so. George Niang went to Cleveland. Looks like Jaden McDaniels went to Toronto. And then Shake Milton went to Minnesota. I don't think
3: I forgot anybody, right? But now we're still waiting on Paul Reed. And now because we let all those guys go, we have plenty of money to sign them.
2: Of those three, I think Niang is the biggest one where I'm just like, Oh, that that hurts. That really kind of hurts. That stinks.
3: Niang was the one that we will miss the most because he was the most helpful. He was yes. a, a very good regular season player. He was a threes per minute monster. Uh, and he was helpful in these playoffs, particularly against Boston. Uh, we really needed his spacing and his defense held up better than we would have said when we were joking about his defense throughout yeah. the year. So, but they paid him pretty well, right? Um To go to Cleveland, I think he got a most of a full MLE. So uh three year
2: 26. Three year 26.
3: Yeah, so about nine, just under nine million a year, I guess. I'm not surprised that they didn't meet that number. But the one that's more surprising is they didn't meet Jalen McDaniel's number and he only got like four and a half from Toronto, right? Yeah, that was a little
2: bit that was a little shocking. I was just like, oh wait, nine. Nine point nine and a half mil. Over yeah, two. That's wanna, it.
3: You didn't want to offer them a five five million dollars annually. You thought that little of them. Then that makes the trade itself look much more like a tax duck than a basketball trade, right?
2: Which is something that we don't, we don't, we we're not exactly on board with. <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, you, I get it. Like if there is some magic number in the sky that Josh Harris has in his head, that says I won't pay this much money for this team. Then in the end, it's a basketball move to duck the tax one year. I get it bringing this group together. But then you see that Harden is not in a long term deal right now. And it's like, what if yeah. that we, we had an empty roster spot? We waved Isaiah Joe for What if we had paid the luxury tax and we could have brought in one more $7 million player? Would that player have been enough to get us a winning game six against Boston, blah, blah, blah. We could play that game all day. And
2: again, I'll always say the same thing about owners of any team in any sport. If your objective is to make money and not win championships, you're in the wrong business. Mm -hmm. Because if you win a championship, you will get
3: your money back. Just trust us. Just trust us, okay? It's especially tough to come up so short of the conference finals for a couple years in a home game and think, what if one more guy? I mean, you got Joel Embiid. With an MVP candidate, for Christ's sake, and an An MVP MVP, winner. An MVP in his prime. You just, you know, it just doesn't feel right. Another benefits to ducking the tax this year because they'd already paid it the prior two years. Resetting that does have its benefits from a roster building. Standpoint that said, joellen is prime man. <laughs> you you gotta, you gotta be to spend the money to go all in. You gotta be tempted to go all in.
2: A lot of teams are out here spending money. And I just wanted to gauge your opinion on one or two of the ones where you're just like, oh, uh, that's surprising. Uh, the first name for me, when I saw it come down, I just I just saw Lonzo Ball signing a five-year, $260 million max with the Hornets. And I'm like,
3: 260 for
2: LaMelo right now? Did you have to give him that this offseason when he's coming off of a fractured ankle and hasn't played a full
3: season in two years? I I think Charlotte could have waited on that. I I don't know that you want to risk waiting. Um, I think, first of all, when you hear 260, It's not two sixty. Okay, yeah. Like this is more when Ben Simmons got his in two thousand nineteen, it was like one hundred and seventy million. So there has been some inflation as the cap has risen. Um, That's it's probably closer to two hundred and seven with incentives, I would guess. Uh, Like the one Desmond Bain got, and and then there's that scenario where if he makes an All NBA team this coming year that can be bumped up significantly because um, that's because 260 is literally what like a supermax for for 10 year veteran is, has been 270 is what Jokic has made 260 is 250 is what Beal made so 260 would be absurd and that's the number that was floated for Halliburton and LaMelo um, I don't think they're either of them are going to get quite that much but I, I don't have a problem giving them them giving him a max. I'm not sure that he's going to be worth it, but I, from a Charlotte Hornets standpoint, like, do you really want to risk upsetting the the one possible franchise player you've had in so long?
2: I guess. Was there a signing that came across the wire that you that made you scratch your head a little bit?
3: Oh, oh my god! I mean, I just feel awful for the Jeremy Grant situation. Like,
2: oh my god!
3: Do that. I mean, I love Jeremy as a Sixers fan. Um, he started on a hanky special. He he started on, like, the definition of a team-friendly deal where a player gets kind of shafted, right? And then mm-hmm. now he's getting this $150 deal to persuade Dane to stay. Um, And Dane might not even be staying. And, like, two days ago, I hear his name could come up in trade talks. So it's like we immediately Jesus. wanted him and then don't want him. So... Yeah, that's the that's tough one. Not that he's not worth the money, even though it might be an overpay, because like, you were not just paying him, you were paying him and to persuade Dame to stay. But definitely uh, had to look at that one the hardest.
2: Of the deals that I did very much enjoy, I am completely on board with the Knicks giving, I believe it was $50 million over four years to – Dante Divincenzo, I think that's a, I think that's a good number for him. I think that's a good spot for him. Reunite with Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson. I like that deal a lot. I also didn't really, you know, Draymond for four years, hundred million. Like I get it. As long as Steph and Clay are still playing, like you can't break that up.
3: Does that make? Does that sound right? Yeah, I don't love the the pool move that they made uh chris paul is a head-scratching fit in my opinion but if draymond wasn't affordable with pool in there or if that wasn't going to be tenable for any reason with fights i, I get it but with bob meyer stepping away with rumors that uh Lacobe's son is going to be playing it just feels like things are not on type of the ship is not steady like it has been there
2: it feels like this could be like the last run for that trio, right? Like, exactly. This this year, yeah. This year is probably the last year with that trio.
3: Yeah, I think Myers might have got out just in time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Any deals where you did really like them, where they came across and you were just like, oh, that's love that. And nothing, nothing like Chris Middleton back to Milwaukee, nothing like that.
3: Oh, I mean, I was just crushed, crushed by the Rockets not getting Brooke Lopez. I will say that because in the scenario where Dame doesn't land in Miami, had Lopez gone to Houston, the idea of the Sixers running it back or mostly running it back, but chopping Tobias Harris would have been a whole heck of a lot more palatable. Agreed. Um, But Lopez coming back, it's just they're a force. Porzingis to Boston, that's a great deal for them. Uh, I mean, I did like that. Two picks for Marcus Smart. Uh, Yeah, they just... I think that's a great deal. I think if KP could put another year removed from that knee, they could be a lot better. And then if Miami gets Damian Lillard, you can't just pencil yourself in for the fourth seed at that point because of teams like the Cavaliers and the New York Knicks um, and just injuries and and what have you, right? So... It just bumps you down in the pecking order. So the Lopez one was definitely a a crushing blow for me because I really thought the Rockets had a chance. It sounds like they offered him just about what Milwaukee offered. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And then got that same offer from Milwaukee and State.
2: Well, I do agree with you because I do believe that the Knicks got better. I do agree with you that Cleveland got better. And when we get back from the break, um, I I will tell you that ESPN has gotten a little bit worse. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. But before we do that, let's just take a little break, satisfy some of the ad sponsors here. We'll be right back on the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network back after these words.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Out of Sight
2: Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network deal Royster, Dave early with me as always in this media landscape, there are what I like to call the quote unquote, big boys, you know, your, your ESPNs, your Fox sports ones, your whatnot, what have you. And last week ESPN laid off like 20 people. And it seems that more are coming down the pipeline and Dave, I don't know what your take is on some of this, but some of these names here—they're just complete head scratches for me. Like Jeff Van Gundy won, Jalen Rose absolutely, Max Kellerman absolutely, uh, Todd McShay uh, absolutely, Matt Hasselbeck, Steve Young—basically like half of their NFL Countdown crew. I'm just like, wow, what is Neil Everett? Like, what is going on over there at ESPN? And I'm thinking to myself and I look at some of the other reporting that's coming down. For example, Jalen Rose gets let go. And then I read something where sounds like Kendrick Perkins is getting promoted to full-time on NBA countdown, which, okay, fine. I can kind of see what you're trying to do with that. You're trying to make Kendrick Perkins into the Charles Barkley role. Maybe. I don't know if that's what you're doing, but here's my point. You already have Stephen A. Smith for the outlandish, hot takey controversy. So why Kendrick? I, a lot of this just doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
3: I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from the talent that they're promoting so much. Absolutely um, not. And they are they are giving him they're onboarding. I think Pat McAfee for like upward near twenty million per year, right? Jesus, but for but the one that's really the one that I really is gonna hurt me is Jeff because he if you're a diehard NBA fan I feel like he's really necessary sometimes like I I know some fans criticize him on Twitter I see like oh that was the stupidest take um, all the I time get, I get how his takes can make you frustrated at times or annoyed or think why, why did he say that but he's really good for the broadcast because. He knows the game so well. He's one of the best analysts of the game. And he does have a pretty good imagination for the rules. And he's willing to call out Mike Breen. I mean, him and Breen have such a great chemistry on air with Mark Jackson as well. That when Breen says something like, that's a tough call by the official. And you're sitting at home watching like both of his feet were out of bounds. And you're like, yeah. Jeff speaks for you. Jeff will say a tough call. Why don't you just say, Mike, that was a horrible call. That should be, <laughs> that should be challengeable. Uh, and it. so I,
2: I, I definitely agree that Jeff brings this like sense of calm to that broadcast.
3: Yeah. And and sometimes the opposite when it's needed, like if there's a little too much calm, he'll say like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we okay <laughs> with this rule? Um, so I think he brings attention to some terrible rules. I think He's one of the few people on the air who's willing to consistently criticize officials and the NBA itself. And that's that's makes it for a rare quality. When you combine that with his NBA analysis, they're really going to miss him. I mean, they're just not – broadcasts are not going to be the same. I hope TNT scoops him up right away so he can get on there with Kevin Harlan.
2: I was just going to say, maybe not Kevin Harlan, but how about how about the Van Gundy brothers this fall on TNT? <laughs>
3: well i don't i don't love uh stan as much but whatever
2: maybe jeff is just what stan needs to like up his game a little yeah. bit maybe he's <laughs> just like all right damn jeff is here i gotta be a prof- i gotta be a legit professional now
3: stan could never
2: i honestly throw the throw the brakes truck at jalen rose tnt if that if if you go at one person that espn laid off put Jalen Rose and make it a five-man booth situation pregame on TNC. That would be something special.
3: Yeah, Susie Colbert is someone that I grew up watching as an NFL fan for so many years, too. And Kellerman, I'm sure he'll land on his feet, but he went from the first take slots to just being fired, so he, he felt pretty yeah. quick.
2: The only other spot that I am kind of excited for would be, like, Jalen Rose to the ringer, perhaps mm-hmm. reunite him with Bill Simmons and that crew because I don't know if you remember some of the old Bill Simmons Jalen Rose podcast, but some of them were like really insightful and really made you think when it comes to the NBA. So I would love to see a reuniting of those two as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Todd McShay stick him on the NFL Network, give him give him the Mayock role, I guess, because Mayock is the GM of the Raiders, I think, still. Oh right, is
0: um,
2: he? Is
3: he still, I thought he was gone now.
2: Um, I wonder. I wonder if he was fired along with John Bruden. I believe he's still there, but I mean, okay. I can always check the tapes on that. Um, okay, yeah, he served as the Raiders GM. He is no longer employed by the Raiders. So, yeah. but but still, I would still give Todd McShay that gig and just have McShay go up against Mel Kiper every draft year. Yes, that'd be fun. <laughs> I would love that. Um any of the NFL guys, other NFL guys really like crossing your fancy a little bit. Like Keyshawn feels like FS1 waiting to happen. He's the new Shannon Sharp or something. I don't know.
3: Um, I don't know that that Keyshawn could fill those shoes. Shannon, I don't know, he's just such a big personality with strong strong opinions. Keyshawn is a little more diplomatic, right?
2: I would agree. Uh, Hasselbeck and Young just stick them on like NFL pregame, not necessarily with uh, the traditional uh, like Terry Bradshaw, those guys, but like the crew before that crew. You just stick them in there, and they'll, they'll be fine.
3: Yeah, I could see, I could see them on one of those uh, NFL Network roles. Maybe they get and, like, Thursday Night Football halftime or something.
2: Thursday Night Football halftime that would be cool. Oh, NFL Network, absolutely, hell yeah. I, I guess my overall point with this ESPN layoff and firing like I just feel like it's ESPN is like a slave to the hot takeification of just not just sports news reporting but news reporting in general you know like they have Stephen A they have Kendrick Perkins they're bringing Pat McAfee just guys and personalities I should say because you know, there, there are some there are some women in the game that are also a little bit on the hot takey side. So I don't want to just be uh, discriminant to just the men, but just that kind of persona where you're just saying things for clickbait and views, which is fine. But me, the kind of sports consumer I am, I'm kind of over that. I'm done with that. Okay, yeah. That, that's just me. I don't know where you fall as a consumer of sports media.
3: I guess my consumption of ESPN is, is certainly down over the years. Um, growing, growing up, like I, I used to watch sports Center all the time, right? But now you don't get your sports highlights and news from that anymore. You don't need to. You don't need to wait through the commercials for it. You can just pull up a 10-minute YouTube highlight video the whole game condensed into nine ten minutes um and,
2: and when it comes to analysis i feel like podcasts have they have definitely usurped espn as far as like where to get the best analytical content
3: yeah if it, if there's an event of some sort like the nba draft i will sit there and watch a whole pile of espn um but i tend not to even watch the pregame and halftime chat when i'm watching a game on espn so i don't know Um, maybe i'm not the best one to
2: ask well the good thing that our listeners have to know is that we're still employed by liberty ballers and we're not going anywhere (laughs) um as the sixers continue their offseason summer league we got it all covered libertyballers.com follow us on socials you can follow the site at liberty underscore ballers, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Adobe Royster. You can follow David at David Early. Read the site, listen to the fantastic podcast on the podcast network. Dave, it's another week, and yeah, I am going on vacation next week. And I hear you're doing the same. Where are you headed? That's
3: right, upstate.
2: Nice. So, so you're basically gonna go where it's hotter and like the Canadian wildfire smoke is like more severe.
3: Uh, <laughs> I think it'll be cooler outside New York City. Good,
2: good on, good on you, Dave. It's great, that's great job by you. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, in, enjoy yourself. Like vacations are good. It's always nice to you know, unplug and decompress a little bit.
3: Yeah, thank you. You too.
2: I am headed to sunny California myself. Ooh. I'm going to hang out with my brother, who I haven't seen in like four years almost because of COVID and everything else that's been going on. Oh, man, that'll be a great reunion. And then I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con uh, two weeks after I get there.
3: Oh, do you have an outfit?
2: Uh, I do not this year because I had not been able to plan anything concrete. I could resurrect some things, but we'll have to see. I'll have to see.
3: You could always do a phantom of the process.
2: I could do a phantom of the process. I could do that. We'll we'll see how much uh we'll see how much uh bleeding in there is in between, you know, San Diego Comic-Con nerds and Sixers fans. Like we'll just <laughs> I'll just have to see where that lies. But until then, we will be back next week with a podcast, hopefully before we both go on vacation. And if not, you know, if something drastic comes down the pipeline. I am down to record a little bit if we have to do an emergency pod because, oh, my God, somehow we got Dame Lillard and Zach Levine. What the hell are we doing?
3: <laughs> I'll be ready for that.
2: In emergency situations, we'll be ready. But for now, we're going to take off. Go Sixers. Trust the process. We're always here. We're not going anywhere. So Liberty Ballers, Out of Sight Podcast, Dave Early, are out of here. Talk to you guys next week.